Happy Memorial Day and welcome to part two of the American Shoreline Podcast Network summer kickoff, Peter. It's Memorial Day and this is our Memorial Day special. Yeah, I'm loving this idea. We're taking a tour around the American Shoreline in part one, you know. Go check it out. Hawaii, Galveston, and uh, of course, already listened Oregon. to it. Oh, yes. Yeah. But anyway, uh, in part two, we're going to keep going around the American shoreline and hear the stories about what's going on. That's right. And before we do it, we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsors. Uh, LJA Engineering, one of my favorite companies with directed by Bill Worsham in the Coastal Division. Uh, a lot of uh, offices in Texas and along the Gulf Coast. Coastal Engineers, uh, superb. Find Bill and his team at LJA.com. Coastal Engineering Consultants, headed up by President Michael Poff, is one of the best coastal coastal engineering firms in the state of Florida and along the Gulf Coast. Uh, go find them at CoastalEngineering.com to learn more. But if you're in, in the market for a coastal engineering firm, yeah. uh, these guys are about as good as it gets. They so, are. Uh, check them out. We were hand in hand with them. They're super effective, great with the public, good in the permitting, do really good beach restoration design. And uh, uh, Dune Doctors, Pensacola, Florida, led by Frederick Barrasset, a really great small business and HUD vendor, hub vendor, uh, for you guys bidding on big uh, RFQs. Uh, Frederick Barrasset, they'll take you from concept to permit to uh, dune restoration using native plants. Find Frederick and her team at dunedoctors.com. All right, we're opening it up. We're traveling down to one of the most beautiful areas along the Gulf Coast, Manasota Key. We've got the Simska president, Damian Oshab on the line. Damian, how's it going? Good, guys. How are you? Well, come on now. Simska, I couldn't even... And we worked together. Tyler and I worked with... Uh, with uh, Damien on a uh, financial plan for their beach restoration program before we've got into coastal news today. So we, we got to disclose we have a ha uh, history, but I should know what Simska means, but I could never remember it when we were working together and I sure <laughs> as hell can't remember it now. So what is that? That's the uh, South Minnesota Sandpiper Key Association. <laughs> uh, and the reason for the distinction of South Minnesota Sandpiper Key is because we are the part of the island that is in Charlotte County as opposed to Sarasota right. County. Right. That's right. It's a two-county so island. The island. The island is split into two counties. Right on. And uh, Damien, for all you listeners out there, is that Simska is a property owners association that was the leading uh, property owner voice uh, during the uh, development of the financial plan for the dune restoration and beach renourishment project on Minnesota Key. Uh, but so Damien is very involved in beach issues. And, and I understand, Damien, you're turning your attention to Red Tide. Like, catch us up. What's going on with the beach fill project? And what's up with Red Tide? I hear there's a little showing up already. Well, uh, luckily, there isn't much showing up in regards to Red Tide. So we'll, we'll put that off to the side. There, there are some algae showing up. It's more of a brown algae in, in Lemon Bay, which is the intercoastal between the island and the mainland. And uh, uh, I don't know the actual name to it. It's it's not blue-green algae. It's not red tide. It's a different diff different type of algae. It doesn't kill fish. Uh, just stinks really bad. So, uh, so come on down to the beach. It's fine. <laughs> the beach right now is fine. Um, we do, as typically, as you guys both know, uh, beach erosion is a, is a daily thing. Uh, the sand comes and then the sand goes. Uh, the, the problem is, both again, you know, is our issue was that we knew that it was going to be going more than it becoming. So uh, we lost our sand source offshore, uh, which, uh, which brought the need for us to look at some type of beach nourishment program. Which has taken, as you both know, again, uh, well over three years from, from this time I started. Uh, I actually chaired the committee before becoming president of SIMSCA. Um, and that's why I was involved with you both. But uh, that's right. it's taken the good three old days. years, and we seem to be right on track. Uh, they continue to tell us that in November of this year, we should start to see sand being blown on our beach. So that's all good news. 
I'm sure there's still other things that have to happen, but uh, the applications are in, the permits have been approved, uh, and actually we got word that uh, the Florida legislature uh, did approve the monies that they were looking for, and we were number three in, on the priority list, so it sounds like we are full steam ahead in, in getting the, uh, the state dollars, uh, and now, of course, the county dollars, um, and again, the, the residents did uh, say that they were going to participate, and uh, there's quite a few, actually 30 pe- 30% of the people uh, actually paid the entire eight years up front because there was about a 20 to 25% savings on finance charges. So You're welcome. Like, my, like myself, I, I went ahead and took advantage of the, the eight-year uh, pre-plan and uh, paid it off. So. So um, I understand, again, uh, we're right now in the midst of gaining uh, construction easement agreements from the shoreline owners, uh, basically uh, to get their permission to have uh, contractors, county uh, workers uh, on, a, on some private land as they uh, blow the sand and have uh, earth moving equipment and tillers and, and such uh, on the beach. That being said, uh, we also hear that sometime in the next 30 days, they will begin to uh, mitigate the hard bottom uh, ahead of uh, the beach nourishment. So during the summer, we will be seeing um, activity in the water where they will be moving our current uh, and I don't know how many acres it is, but our current hard uh, It is 1.6 acres of hard bottom mitigation rate yeah Yeah, i believe so so they'll be moving that so they could actually uh, put sand on the current hard bottom and that's supposed to happen sometime in the june july which i'm surprised because they're letting them do it in the water uh, during turtle season so (laughs) that's a that's a good thing um so we should be like i said uh moving right along in regards to getting the, the the beach program in place starting in in november which is which is great news well damien uh congratulations to you and and all the the local stakeholders who are really kind of marshalling this project forward it's extremely complex uh one thing i do want to do is uh and michael poff you're i i hope you're listening because uh i want i want uh we're going to get a testimonial right here uh one of one of your constituents uh, Michael is the lead engineer on this project. Damien, tell us about your relationship with Michael and how how you believe he's doing. Oh, I have a lot of respect uh, for for Michael Poff and, and his organization. Uh, Michael, as you as well as you guys, uh, uh, right off from the beginning, came right to us and started the education process first. To talk about what needs to be done you know some of the surveys that that show that in fact there is erosion that that our sand source is empty we have an empty tank and uh, he's been nothing but a professional uh to everybody not just the residents but i know to the county in fact uh, i also know and you we didn't talk about this but our beach program is now considered a regional program because uh, we also will have parts of our beach that is in Sarasota County added to the program. And I believe that uh, Michael was very instrumental in getting Sarasota County uh, to be included into the project. And I believe is being hired by Sarasota County to to finish that portion of the beach for them as well. So uh, I have high regards for Michael. He's been, he's been a a phenomenal, uh, uh, not only just, like I said, uh, an engineer, coastal engineer, giving us the facts. But uh, you could tell he really cares about us, cares about the program, cares about the residents, cares about the beach. And I think that's that's the, that's it in a nutshell. He's, that's that's he's that's one what heck, that, one heck of a guy. I'll tell you that. Well, Michael Poff, if you're listening, your sponsorship check is due. Uh, that was not <laughs> prearranged, nor was it <laughs> discussed in advance. So that is the best commercial that I think. Yeah, we uh, don't you think he well, should he update his sponsorship? You know, <laughs> you know, and he's continuing on. I mean, you can tell it. He's he's really wants to get this 
to completion. And he's, you know, I'm sure he's gotten many calls from a lot of people and emails, both uh, positive and negative. Uh, but he's been very kind enough to to keep me informed so that I could give the, the, the proper information uh, to our membership with the association. So I, I all right, really Damien. do appreciate he's, it. He's great. We love Michael. Uh, uh, we, we thank <laughs> we him. Do. He's, he's a supporter of uh, ASPN. Now, listen, uh, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, Minnesota <laughs> Key is just an awesome place to be. Uh, we're kicking summer off. Tell our listeners about what they could expect to happen, what they could expect to see, what the vibe would be like on Minnesota Key this summer. Well, Minnesota Key is, is, is a phenomenal place. Uh, some people call it old Florida. Uh, we do not have uh, what they call concrete canyons. <laughs> so we have uh, no large, tall buildings along our coastline. Uh, it's really a sleepy community. Um, it's just it's a lot of fun, you know, and there's there's uh, bars and restaurants in the center of uh, the uh, public beach, uh, beautiful waters, and a little short on sand right now, but uh, come next year, we'll be definitely... Uh, oh, let, let, let me jump in on that really quick, Damien. Uh, some of our listeners, especially some of our more advocate social media uh, savvy people might have seen a viral video go around of a little baby or a not a baby, but a, a mother sea turtle coming up on Inglewood beach right there uh, at the public park, right in the middle of this public beach. <laughs> of course she's protected, but the beach literally she's building her nest three feet from the, the pilings that the elevated structure is there, Damien. And wow. that's wow. I was this, not aware of that. This beach project will expand that beach. Um, yes. I remember when we were there, that beach was much wider, and residents that were right there. I mean, that beach has gotten smaller. Uh, it has. And so uh, the project is coming along. It will help the turtles. It will help tourism. I think it's a really good thing. It really I is. It'll help the turtles. It'll help the shorebirds. Um, and, it, and it'll help the residents and, and visitors to enjoy a, a tremendous beach. and the county budget um, you know they and the county we, budget we, we worked all that out now Dave I gotta brag a little bit more about Minnesota Key because he's right it's old Florida and there are not a lot of places on the Florida coast where you will find a beachfront trailer park from 1950. <laughs> I mean, I love that beachfront trailer park and all those restored 1950 trailers. So cool. There's a lot of well, small, you're, you're, you're there's a lot of single family homes. And come on, Lemon Bay, the backside <laughs> of the island with the, the, the properties back there, that bay is stunning. And here's the other cool thing people need to know about Minnesota Key is there's the Sunset Festival where you know the young people get the drums and the hula hoops and you know and get in a big circle and bang on drums and dance on the beach and, uh, every night well, see, and as i recall there were some gotten, very catchy folks in that crowd now you guys have gotten me in trouble see because this is supposed to be a secret that's right I, I bra i'm sorry I'm, I'm letting the word out damien you're letting the word out to <laughs> minnesota, many people minnesota and, King. Uh, we like it nice and quiet we do like it uh, like i said a sleepy uh, quaint little town and uh, i mean the beach is just phenomenal the people are great um and we as you said we we enjoy all the elements that are out there including you know some really neat places to um to have a glass of wine or or, or a glass of beer and overlooking right. the beach the public beach hey damien and hang on of course, we always have sunset you got great sunset but when we called earlier you were playing golf how'd your round go and what'd you end up with <laughs> are you going to tell us your golf score for today Oh, it wasn't great. But I'm not a <laughs> That's part of the life, right? The coastal Florida life. But there was a 20-mile-an-hour wind today. So tough conditions. Tough. tough conditions. Tough conditions. <laughs> All right, Damien. Listen, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. Uh, happy Memorial Day. And uh, we'll look forward to being in touch soon. We're going to go check in uh, somewhere else on the American shoreline here. Great. Nice, nice hearing from you guys. Nice talk. Take care. Happy Memorial Day. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, on the American Shoreline podcast, on our Memorial Day tour of the American Shoreline, we're going down to deep south Texas, the very, very bottom, to the great city of South Padre Island, Texas. On the phone on the American Shoreline podcast with us is Darla Jones, former assistant city manager of the great city of South Padre Island, and now candidate for mayor, and I understand, Darla, leading candidate in the runoff coming up next month. Darla Jones, welcome to ASP. All right. Thank you. Good to be here with y'all. Well, Darla, uh, congratulations on your candidacy and uh, on being the front runner there in the uh, election. And good luck coming up here in the uh, runoff. Um, Thank you. Uh, that's so exciting. We're, we're, we're excited for you. Uh, one of the things we want to highlight. When's election day? Uh, election day is actually June 29th. And early voting will be June 17th through the 25th. All right, so I'll do the commercial. Everybody get out there and vote for Darla Jones. She is a great public official and an incredibly detailed person because Tyler and I had the pleasure of working with Darla for a few years back when we were consulting. And, uh, Darla, you're a first-class pro, and I wish you well on the, uh, on the election. Thank you so much. So, Darla, uh, one of the one of the great things about uh, your experience and your candidacy is that you uh, you've kind of dealt with it all there in South Padre Island. But I know Memorial Day is a big day. Uh, tell us about how South Padre Island gets ready for the big Memorial Day crowds. Well, we uh, we look forward to it, of course, uh, and we've had some really decent weather on the weekends and. Everything so far is gearing up to be a fantastic weekend. Uh, I think the hotel bookings are up. All the restaurants are stocking up and calling in staff. And I know the city uh, is calling in extra staff, as we do every year. Um, we will we will probably come in with another 50 police officers, as well as uh, our shoreline department will beef up. We will be uh, cleaning the beach twice a day at least, if not more. Uh, we will be calling in extra firefighters, ambulances, paramedics, traffic control, A to Z. We handle it all. How many people do you expect to have? What is the, what is, how many people come to South Padre Island on Memorial Day weekend, do you think? Oh, I would estimate probably that stayed the whole time, probably at least 15,000. And, uh, you know, during the day, our day, our daytime population with the day trippers is probably in excess of twenty five to thirty thousand. Wow. Now, folks out there, South Padre Island is a town. If I remember, Darla, twenty three hundred people, permanent residents. So you go from twenty three hundred to thirty thousand. Yes, sir. That is a big challenge for beach towns all over America. Yes, we uh we, uh, we really have to uh, to beef up everything. All of our departments, uh, we, uh, gosh, it's just crazy. But, you know, we've been doing this so long, everybody's well prepared. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, how you uh, how you would manage this as mayor. What would be your approach to managing uh, these big weekends that where the town gets real busy, uh, call volume for, you know, EMS, all that stuff goes up. Uh, what's your plan going forward? I would just, uh, you know, as the mayor, it's a, a very different position than being the assistant city manager. And uh, I would just need to work very closely with the city manager to ensure that all of our departments are prepared and ready. Uh, but we've got some extremely qualified, dedicated, and experienced uh, department heads. Uh, you know, our, our fire chief, for instance, was the assistant fire chief in Austin for years. And so... He, uh, he deals with, you know, UT home games. Uh, you know, he deals with, you know, 50,000 people coming in for a University of Texas football weekend. And so he's, he's, this is nothing to him. Our police chief, uh, Randy Smith, who's now the interim city manager, has been with the city for, for 10 years and uh, is, is well-versed in what he's supposed to do, what his department needs to do. Um, our shoreline department, we've got some experienced and dedicated people there uh, who bend over, just bend over backwards to make sure that everybody uh, is what, doing what they're supposed to be doing. We're getting the trash emptied daily, twice a day. We've got uh, restrooms out on, you know, the beach accesses now. Uh, we are just, you know, we beat everybody. Wow. 
Well, you know, I I can tell pe- folks firsthand, having spent many many uh, nights in South Padre over the years, one of the best run beach towns <clears throat> I've been around, and uh, I think people need to know that the city's program to maintain the the six miles of city beaches and keep that sand uh, sand dune system wide and healthy, and a nice wide beach. Uh, the city's been leading a project to do that now successfully for years and at an affordable cost and well-managed. And uh, congrats to you and all the people at the city of South Padre for creating such a fabulous place for people to come. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, all the credit goes to the staff. Every bit of it goes to the staff. Um, they've got their assignments and, and everybody, you know, puts in the, at least 12 hours a day, you know, and, Although City Hall is closed, we've got it, everything is fully staffed, and we are preparing to respond to whatever we need to. Well, uh, Darla, obviously this is a big summer for you, uh, kicking off summer here here with Memorial Day. So, uh, and you've got the election uh, coming up. But tell us a little bit about some of your summer plans uh, on South Padre Island. Are you planning on getting out and fishing, uh, recreating on the waters? How are you planning on just enjoying the beautiful island where you live? Well, you know, I've always touted that we have, uh, we are surrounded by water. You know, we've got water on the east side and the west side. And um, uh, I have a boat myself, and and, uh, it happens to be in the shop as we speak, but that's another story. But uh, (laughs) I do do fish as often as possible, and uh, I was actually kind of hoping when when I retired from the city in February that I would be able to... uh, to take full advantage of, of being able to fish, but with this campaign, I've been kind of busy. But um, as soon as uh, yeah, all Darla, this is over, I, I, I got some bad news for you. It's not going to be any <laughs> any less busy when you become the mayor. So you might just leave the boat in the shop for a while because right. I think you're going <laughs> to. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, let, that's, let, that's true. Well, unless you're taking out a city council member to bend their ear about the proper way to move forward you know that's always good people like a good place to meet people like boats we have uh i mean our bay fishing is amazing uh you know the the we're one of the best fishing spots in my opinion in the world and then we've got we've got surf fishing we've got gary glick working on the offshore reef which is enhancing the red snapper habitat uh we have just got multitudes of fishing opportunities and uh i really feel like that's that's an undermarketed uh area that that we need to look into more heavily because those are very responsible people you know the the anglers that come you know from all over the state of texas down here and whether they tow their own boat down here and fish or whether they hire a guide uh you are you are destined to have a good time either way and and getting out there on the waterway on the laguna madre which is a awesome uh back bay system beautiful and very wild uh it's it's massive uh it is it is just a wonderful nature experience and darla i think you're so right the ecotourism potential there people who go there to fish and experience that i mean it is one of a kind oh it is i mean um i go out fishing and i didn't have any opportunity i didn't understand or realize but every fishing opportunity turns into a bit of a dolphin watch as well wow yeah, it's fantastic. And, you know, one of my really, truly favorite places on the American shoreline is to is to get on the beach in, in, in South Padre Island and head north and drive up to the Mansfield Cut. And uh, you have to have a four-wheel drive. But we're talking about something here that I love, which is a barrier island that is 100% natural. There isn't a single structure on it. There's not a road. There's not a power line. When you get up to that part of the island and it's big and, and the dune system is 35 feet tall, I mean, it is a spectacular shoreline. It's amazing. It, it, and it's right it, outside it, the city of South Padre. Exactly. It is breathtaking. Yeah, I just and love it's, it. Uh, it's, it's Kemp's Ridley nesting season right now, so uh, we've got the turtle patrols going all over the place, and they've recovered several nests. And so, you know, we, we've got all kinds of ecological and environmental things happening left and right it's just amazing fantastic ladies and gentlemen darla jones former assistant city manager of the city of south padre island and i predict soon to be the mayor uh so i'm going to be the first one to call you mayor 
Jones, thank you for being on the American Shoreline podcast and have a great Memorial Day weekend. Well, thank you all for calling. I appreciate it. All right, Peter, uh, this is always a special time. We get to take a trip out to Ojai, my hometown in Ventura County, a beautiful coastal county. Ojai is kind of a coastal town there. It's uh, just over the hills, uh, the coastal mountains. Uh, but we've got my good friend, Andra Belknap, on the line. Andra, welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. Hey, dude. So how are you doing? Tell me about your life. How's Memorial Day weekend? Honestly, I didn't even know uh, that Memorial Day weekend was forthcoming until I saw a little banner between the post office and Ojai Ice Cream on Ojai Avenue. But um, so that is to say that I am enjoying a, a gloomy May in Ojai where we're getting some some moisture late in the season. And this is significant because it has been, you know, the past several seasons have been very dry. And this last one was uh, historically uh, wet. Uh See, that's interesting, Tyler, because it actually wasn't historically wet. It was it was like if you look in the long range, if you look at the the Ventura County Watershed District data, you'll see that an average rain year, you know, since the probably the late 1800s in the Ojai Valley is actually about 20 inches of rain. And we received about 23, 24 this season. But the, the impression, since we've been for seven years in drought with 10, 10 inches or less of rain per season, this was perce- perceived as a, you know, incredible rain. Totally. And it yeah. was. That's certainly the way I perceived it. Uh, but apparently not historic. Apparently this was just an average year uh, on the on the grand scheme of things, the larger Indeed. time scale. Now, uh, Andra, uh, introduce yourself to... Our audience here, uh, Andra, uh, used to work in, at the EPA. Indeed. Under the in the Obama administration, what did you do? Um, let's see. What did I do uh, at the EPA? I work in communications, uh, and I am a person who works in politics. So I I brought those two skills together at the EPA to help. Um, Administrator Lisa Jackson communicate her agenda for, um, you know, approximately four years at the EPA. Um, and it was a fantastic experience. And it's really devastating to see a lot of that work be undone. Uh, I can imagine. So uh, uh, let's see, where should we go from there, Peter? Uh, well, I, you know, I think, first of all, I thought your explanation uh of what's happening with the EPA is quite accurate and it is disturbing. Um, but let's talk about the beach. Now you're up in Ojai, as Tyler said, up in the Hills. Um, how, what, what is your, give us some of the great memories that you have of, of being on one of the iconic beaches in America, the Ventura Cheerline. Mm, Come on, spill some good beans on this. I have so many good ones. Okay. Number one, uh, number one, uh, a number of New Year's in a row, I have managed to go for a swim with Tyler Buckingham and usually our other mutual friend, Drew Westfall, in the freezing cold December waters of the Pacific Ocean. Very cleansing, very wonderful, great way to welcome the new year. Um, Another, okay. So, and now I'm going to speak to the female contingent of the audience here. Another wonderful thing about living in Ventura County is we have a lot of surfers and they're beautiful to behold. And if you have the opportunity to like go check out the waves with some hot dude, it's it's really quite delightful. Um, so that's another iconic set. Of- that could be that could be one of the best, you know, at, at pit story about a beach I've heard on all of the. 135 interviews that we've done <laughs> is I never really thought of that. I've, I've heard, of course, surfers go down and look at the waves, look at the set, you know, see if it's right. I get that. But I didn't really realize there was like a fan club of uh, well, women no, who would go to the beach to like, look at the surfers. I didn't really no, no, know that was a like, thing. Okay. So you've, you know, you've gotten to know a surfer, a surfer dude. And one of the benefits of being in that relationship is that surfer dude every day is going to say, Hey, can we check the waves? And like for a while, it's really cute, but it gets kind of annoying. 
Which um, means you drive down to the beach. Which means you drive down to the beach and you look at the waves and it's beautiful and, you know, and uh, it's just, it's a lovely way to experience the water. Well, that's very cool, Andra. And uh, we actually, I remember, uh, I do remember those those brisk swims and those are wonderful. Yes. One of my, one of my favorite uh, Ventura shoreline memories myself. Indeed. I always need a little encouragement, but I'm always happy I did it. <laughs> Brave at Can the I end. Can I tell you guys another favorite beach activity? Yes, of course. Uh, no, no, please. At least two okay. more. Okay. Um, my other favorite recurring beach activity is I put uh, my two doggies in the car, Samson and Sheila. Samson is a 100-pound uh, pit bull German Shepherd mix who is the sweetest boy in the world. Sheila is a, a lab paddle dog mix, we think. They're both older rescue dogs. We hop in my Toyota Corolla, head the 15 miles to Ventura, and I just let them roam around and play with the other dogs and eat the seaweed, and it is like watching my children play. It is so fun. Um, so that's another great the... another great thing. The beach About is a, the beach. the taking your dogs to the beach is a wonderful experience. It really is. Yes. Um, and the dogs, it's just the you know it's so cool. You know, one of the things summertime beach culture in Ojai Andra is interesting because well, there's a couple things that go on. The first thing is that Ojai is a, is an inland valley. It's about 15 miles inland from the shoreline, and it it gets quite warm. So the coast will be, you know, it could be as low as like 75, 78 degrees. Uh, and inland in Ohio, it could be 100 degrees or 95 degrees. Exactly. So, it is, uh, yes. So to escape the, the heat, you just, you would go, you kind of get driven out to the coast. Yeah. And it's, it becomes imperative to get out of Ohio. But there, there's a sweet spot here in that um, there's a thing that's called June gloom in uh, this neck of the woods which yes. is a marine it's a weather pattern that kind of happens around june where the marine layer which is just a coastal fog thing that kind of usually sits off the coast gets pushed in and sops in ventura so it can be kind of bizarre in ojai it'll be 95 degrees and you'll go to ventura and it's cloud it's like you're in oregon or something it's cloudy I know. and it's damp really... so it kind of goes back to that you know, obviously San Francisco is further north, but you get that kind of foggy summertime chill thing going on in Ventura sometimes. Yes. Always take a sweater to Ventura, no matter the weather in Ojai. Another important safety and comfort <laughs> tip from the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Yeah. You know, Tyler's father was on the show from Hilo, Hawaii, and laid what? out a whole medical oh regime about how to stay I'm safe at the to... beach. So I think this is part of our PSA responsibilities. I am going to have to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, well, it's uh, that was on part one. This is part two of our oh, uh, Memorial oh. Day special. No, oh Andrea, it's God. just fine. It's just fine. <laughs> just go back and listen to it. Um, I have another beach memory if you guys want. Yes, it, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Break my heart. Okay. So this is a fucking, pardon my language. <laughs> this is a phenomenal beach memory. Should I re-say that? I'm no, sorry. no. We're the censors, and we're we're not oh, censoring. No, we're, so we're not no, editing any we're the, of this. No, we're, you're good. So <clears throat> sorry, I, Mom. Um, yes. So further north of Ventura County is Santa Barbara County, and I used to, and there are a number of state beaches in the area, um, Refugio State Beach, El Capitan State Beach. This area is also notable because there was an oil spill along this region, and Oh, God. In the late, I want 60, to say late 60s. 68. Diemico yeah, Cadez, I it, believe it was. Yeah, and that was a, a really defining, uh, that was a defining event for the environmental movement. Anyways, moving forward, um, I used to go camping for at least a week every summer with my family in this little camper at either El Capitan or Refugio. Um, and we would go with two other families who all had kids my age. We'd all ride our bikes around. One of the dads of the um, other families was a fisherman. So we have, I just remember this one day, 
all of us kids, there's like seven kids between the three families, are all lined up on the beach. And this man, Richard Croner, who's still an area fisherman, lays out all of these beautiful abalone shells for us kids. And we get to pick which one we want. And this is back in the 90s. So it's when we were, that was allowed to fish abalone. Um, so, and we all got to pick our own shell. And I still have mine. So oh, it's, that's another cool. really spectacular memory of just, you know, friendship and Um, being a kid on the beach man so california dreaming it's true the california coastline is pretty special you know we've been to some cool beaches on this memorial day special show and uh (laughs) i gotta say there's an allure to the california beach style yeah yeah andrew let's talk a little bit about uh the you know southern california summer vibe because it's we were just uh on the horn with uh, Darla Jones, who's uh, Mm -hmm. running for mayor of South Padre Island, which is like a real high volume uh, beach, like like spring break, um, you know, more of an East Coast style vibe. Mm -hmm. And there is, you know, Peter, this is a thing I've been wanting to talk to you about. Andrew, you're gonna love this topic, but like East Coast offense versus West Coast, you know, East Coast defense, West Coast offense, in sports and there's just like a cultural difference and it mm-hmm. it's reflected in the beach culture. And I, I would just love to get your thoughts on, uh, the, the Southern California Ventura County beach culture, kind of the energy of it and how residents enjoy, uh, obviously you've given some great examples of times in your past, but you know, generally how do people enjoy the beach? What's the energy around it? Um, Gosh, it's fun to just, um, you know, so I mentioned earlier in the call, bring a sweater to Ventura, no matter the weather, because once you get to Ventura, like, you know, this is a summer day, you get to Ventura, you hang out at the beach all day, it gets a little chilly, you watch a beautiful sunset, and then you have you have like an amazing bonfire, and wake up the next morning with your hair smelling like smoke. That's Southern California <laughs> beach culture. Woo. That sounds like fun. That it's really so does. Fun. God. It's so much fun. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Andra Balnap. And- what? <laughs> no. uh- hey, wait a minute. Andra. God, I'm sorry. Andra. I choked on that. It was Andra really Belknap from you. Ojai, California, <laughs> an aficionado of the Great Ventura Beaches. <laughs> oh, hey. And if the listeners. Uh, dig my style they can read my blog at andrabelknapp.com far out check it out everyone <laughs> andra we're gonna have you on some more that was just way too much fun <laughs> all right thanks, thanks andra paul welcome to the american shoreline podcast network how are you doing today i'm doing well and yourself <laughs> doing very well this is our memorial day uh special show and uh we thought we would connect with you and learn a little bit about what you do and your observations of the American shoreline and what you what you're looking forward to this summer. Well, and okay, but and but listen, let's just tell that we've been touring around the American shoreline. We've been to the Hawaii, the West Coast, the Gulf Coast, Florida. Uh, we're working our way up here to Maine, and um, you're in Camden, in Maine. So tell us about where you are too. Well, Camden, Maine uh, is. Uh, the jewel of mid-coast Maine, where the mountains meet the sea. Uh, it's a uh, cruising destination and capital uh, for uh, people from all over the world. Penobscot are, are, are Bay we, is... Are we talking boats there or what? We are talking boats, yes. Like cruise ships? Uh, not cruise ships, no. Uh, they have some small cruise ships that come in, but... Uh, I'm talking about uh, folks with uh, their sailboats and their motor yachts, that oh, sort of beautiful. thing. I'm, I can imagine it's just yep. in a beautiful place to sail. Yes, yes. It's world-renowned for uh, cruising, sailing uh, in the summertime around here. It's beautiful. And uh, how has uh, the season been? Is How's the weather? Uh, are, are you... Uh, looking forward to a warm summer up there after what I can only imagine is a uh, endless winter. <laughs> yeah, um, we the season has not started yet. Uh, uh, we've actually 
this is the second day in a row that it's been above 45, which is, uh, um, we're, 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 it's been into the sixties. And so we're, uh, we're celebrating right now, seeing that yellow thing in the, in the sky. Uh, typically it's pretty cold water up here. So, uh, early season around here, you have to deal with quite a bit of fog to it, it's, uh, the season really gets going, uh, in july and august and actually a lot of people leave in september but that is by far and away the the most beautiful to be on the water out here so it's early in the uh, in the beach season up there in in camden maine uh you got the big summer holiday here the kickoff summer holiday this weekend uh what uh what do you do well, uh, there's parades in town and in all the towns around here. Um, so we'll probably go to the parade and uh, um, the cookout. You have to do the cookout, that sort of thing. Fantastic. Um, but it's uh, it's not like you get uh, peas by Memorial Day, especially this year. Uh, uh, the leaves on the trees are, are just popping out right now. So, uh, but what I probably be doing uh this weekend is taking the tarp off the boat and uh cleaning it up to uh get it in the water here in the next week or so fantastic tell us about your boat what do you have i've got a 22 foot grady white with a 225 yamaha right grady white's from uh, uh, down in north carolina right exactly yep yeah. It's it's awful nice boat. Now for so, uh, I've never seen a Grady White. Describe describe her for us. It's it's um it's a got a little cutty cabin on it and uh a big cockpit uh and I've got a bimini top on it and uh the engine is on a on a bracket on the back so you have a full transom on it which uh I like because uh when I use it for uh, scuba diving or or working or something like that, it's nice not having, not worrying about having a wave come in off the stern. Right. So, uh, um, well, and it it moves right along. So uh, when it's time to go home, you can get home. <laughs> always good to get home, Paul. Uh, I'm going to tell our listeners out there, uh, you are the you are the president of uh, an environmental consulting company up in Maine called moody mountain environmental and uh i understand you do work on watersheds and i and i believe our good friend michael nessie uh mentioned that you drop a crab pot or two i i do what i'm sorry i didn't get that one drop a crab pot down or two i mean a lobster uh, pot. not 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 a crab pot lobster yeah yeah i'm sorry i've got a recreational license and uh um so uh i'll go out and uh fish for lobsters uh they start coming in uh typically uh towards the end of june and run through september and then start moving back out into deeper water right and uh um it's a lot of fun you get a lot of great tasting lobster but the thing that it really does for me is um every three days no matter how busy i am i have to say up i gotta go out and haul so I get to go out on the water and, and uh, enjoy the beautiful uh, Penobscot Bay. Man, that's great. So you have a reason to get out on the water. You can't you can't shirk the responsibility, right? you got to go check the track. That's, that's right. It's that's rough. right. You know, uh, one of our previous guests on this uh, Memorial Day weekend show, Andrew Belknap, had a similar reason to go to the beach every day, and she said one of the benefits of of uh, dating a surfer is that they make you go to the beach with them every day to check the waves. So she had a built-in reason to go to the beach every day. There, there we go. Yep. <laughs> this is the kind of content you can count on on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. This is top of the line. Yeah. You know, we are all. You know, you might work on the beach. You might be an expert in X, Y, or Z. But you can always learn from Andrew Belknap. You know, a little tidbit. Yeah. And Paul Leeper up there. So, yeah. uh, Paul, tell us about what you do professionally with uh, with Booty Mountain Environmental. Well, I'm a biologist, I'm aquatic and marine biologist. So uh, I try to work on the water and 
as my wife says, I've tried to arrange my career so I get outside as often as possible. <laughs> um, I uh, do research and, and monitoring, and uh, as well as uh, get people permits for stuff, uh, piers and, and seawalls and marinas, that sort of thing. Hmm. Do some uh, right. eelgrass restoration work, that sort of thing. So, um, well, like I say, try to get outside as much as possible. Sounds like a great way to make a living. Uh, since you're doing some environmental monitoring, tell us, uh, what are you seeing? You, and you're from Camden, I understand. Did you grow up there? I grew up here. I was not born here, so uh, you can't say I'm a native. <laughs> pretty and close, I, though. There, pretty, pretty close. There's very strict rules for that. Indeed. I've, I've, I understand that about Mainers. Yeah, we don't want to get caught we up. We don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, on Twitter or a something. A near native, Main Paul Twitter. Leeper from Camden, Maine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But my point is is yeah, that correct. you've been there for a while. And, and what are you seeing in the health of the of the nearshore waters and the, and the fishery stocks? Or what can you talk about? You know, over the course of your lifetime, how are we doing? Uh, in terms of water quality, uh, it's been a net gain uh, since I was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid in Camden Harbor, literally you could flush a toilet and run down to the water at low tide and watch the broken pipe and watch everything come out up right onto the uh, That's a bit personal. Flats. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, the uh, uh, sewage treatment plants and the uh, closing of some of the um, big mills and stuff like that right along the coast is, has dramatically improved the water quality in Penobscot Bay here. And uh, in terms of fisheries, it's not really been in my lifetime, but uh, most of the fin fish have been fished out of the... Um, we have good recreational fishing, but in terms of... Uh, People going out and, and uh, the commercial um, working on the commercial fishing. Right. Uh, is really lobstering, uh, scalloping, and some urchins is really what they do around here. You know what we uh, what we've heard is in the Gulf of Maine. Uh, we had a couple of really good uh, interviews. One with Dr. Joe Kunkel from uh, University of Maine. Is it Biddeford? I think is how you pronounce it. Um, and yep. he's a lobster scientist. He talked a lot to us about uh, about lobster shell disease. And uh, we had a filmmaker from the Boston Globe on who did a show called Lobster Wars, right? Lobster War, yeah. And so we've heard about it um, a little bit and very interested in the transformation of the lobster fishery up in the Gulf of Maine. I mean, are you seeing, uh, I mean, it's boom, it's boom harvest time. And that Kunkel tells us, Dr. Kunkel told us, that's because the water is a little bit warm and we're in this prime, uh, you know, reproductive temperature range. But when it goes up a little bit further, this thing is going to collapse. Is that something you, well, something you share? That's, yeah, I think, um, I think I would agree with that. I mean, obviously, if, if, uh, if the temperature goes uh, above what the lobsters want they're gonna they're gonna march north and the other part about that is um when they reproduce uh where do those currents settle out the the uh um immature the baby lobsters and uh with warming waters you may well get different currents as well so uh that may settle them out in different places than they are now and uh it's uh we still get really good catches in maine and uh um very little incidence of of shell disease but uh it's something that people talk about frequently uh when the lobstermen get together at their annual meetings and stuff like that how's uh how how are you sourcing your bait are you using herring and uh if you've moved i i understand that herring is getting harder and harder to get your hands on uh, so what are you using for bait? Well, I've used uh, herring in the past. Um, I've also used uh, redfish racks. So they um, commercial fishermen catch the redfish, fillet them, and then they freeze the, the unused portion of the, the fish. And I'll buy those by the box and uh, um, use them for bait. So uh, that works. You know, they're frozen. It's actually pretty 
pretty handy for a recreational guy like me because I just slap them in the in the big chest freezer and then pull out what I need. So, uh, but yeah, for the commercial guys, they're going to be hurting uh, if uh, um, with the continued restrictions on on herring bait. So. Yeah, we were uh, we heard uh, earlier this uh, this year from one of our shows, Changing Waters. Uh, Randy Fisher, I believe, was the name of the uh, lobsterman uh, that he interviewed, and he's actually building his own uh, bait freezer. And with the, you know, it's a new venture. You know, he sees an opportunity that with herring uh, being so restricted and they're actually going to be importing herring up from the Gulf, uh, which is kind of an interesting, if you think about this, this food chain that is happening uh, for the commercial lobster fishery. Yeah. And I, I think the herring story is interesting. Uh, I think the catches up in Maine, the lobster catches annually are about over 125 million pounds about in that neighborhood now takes a lot of bait that's a lot of traps and uh there is some it, it, it seems to be some indication that the herring population has also shifted with climate but uh whatever the reason the state of maine cut the allowed uh herring catch by 70 percent this year and that that uh that fishery was what was supporting the the lobstermen so yeah, it's a hell of a deal. I think Maine sounds like it's going through some meaningful changes. And it, it, in the short term, this summer, it's going to be tough. Um, but uh, some other stuff, you know, uh, uh, as they reestablish um, uh, alewife runs and stuff like that, there may be uh, uh, some alternate bait sources that uh, folks can use, um, catch them as, as they come back into the uh, streams and rivers. But uh, definitely for this year and uh, the upcoming years, bait's going to be uh, few and far between and probably pretty expensive. Mm. So Yeah, it'll change the economics a little. So up there in Maine, you said the water was pretty cold. Uh, I, I, I don't have any reason to doubt that. Uh, does that mean that you don't take the kids and the wife down to the beach? I mean, do you, uh, do you, do you, do you go to the beach, and is there a beach in Camden, Maine? There is a small beach right in the harbor, Lake Beach. Uh, um, I must admit, we don't typically go there. If we are going to go uh, out, uh, we usually will head to an island and uh, uh, put the boat on uh, either an anchor or beach it for a little bit and uh, um, use that or just swim off the boat. Uh, the one thing... I should say is when you talk about beaches, especially in mid-coast Maine, uh, there's not that much in the way of traditional sand beaches. Most of our beaches are more gravel and rock. Right. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean it's not beautiful and it's nice to sit on, but uh, um, uh, most of the sand beaches are, are uh, uh, south and west of yeah. us. Uh, the American starting Shoreline. At the American Shoreline Podcast Network is a completely safe space for all beaches, <laughs> every type, every variety of shoreline. We do. We're it, very we open. On any expression of land water interface, it's pretty much open. Yes. Uh, here on ASPN. Yeah, we so. we hold them all in, in high do. regard. And in fact, you know, one of the stories I tell you that struck my eye and I posted on Coastal News Today recently was about a town, I think it's in Maine, where they passed an ordinance that if you take a cobbles off the beach it's 250 dollar fine because the tourists would come down and find all these rounded smooth beautiful rocks and they'd start hauling this off and the town kind of calculated how much they were having to spend to bring <laughs> to keep the shoreline in shape i mean do you <laughs> is that a is that a mid you know mid main coast thing I have not uh, heard that, to be honest, but uh, uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised, uh, especially some of these beaches have some uh, uh, beautiful cobble and gravel on it. You know, it's all uh, polished up and stuff like that. Um, the name of the island right now escapes me, unfortunately, but there's one that um, pretty much everybody I know has got at least one, you know, fist-sized rock from 
from that they've picked up when they've stopped at that beach is that right over the years yeah you know i have to so, confess and i think this is probably a felony but um <clears throat> when i was at the olympic national park a few summers ago there's some stunning gravel beaches there and the 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 types of rock that were on the beach was amazing and i think i brought back these are not fist size these are sort of fit would fit in the palm of your hand or less i mean but man i i, I have a little jar of them in my house and i absolutely <laughs> love them <laughs> see we're all it's just a human problem i tell you i know 250 dollars a piece i'd have left them but yeah you know. Well, uh, you know, I do think that they are beautiful beaches and I'm curious, you know, one of the things that, so when I think of the main shoreline and I think of Memorial Day weekend, I might think of like a clam bake or some sort of beachside food, uh, oriented deal. Is, am I, is that, is that the wrong holiday or is that something that you would associate? I would, um, uh, Say that is more associated with Fourth of July. Fourth uh, um, of July, pretty much lobster bakes, clam bakes on the beach is uh, um, that's what a lot of people do. That's see, this and, is what we have uh, to look forward to in in Maine this summer. Exactly, we're kicking it off. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, Memorial Day, it's, it's a little uh, early, but it, we can look forward to that now. Well, you know, you're the only person right. we talked to on this Memorial Day weekend who mentioned actually a parade and. God bless the people of Maine and the patriotism of that great state. <laughs> well, thank you. Pass along my th- you know my thanks to the governor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Paul. We got a little. We've been doing this tour of the American Shoreline for several hours. <laughs> I think we're getting a little yeah. punchy. Well, uh, we're. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long trip, uh, and it's great to end with Maine. Paul, uh, give us one final uh, comment about this coming summer and what you're looking forward to and, uh, what folks, uh, up there in your neck of the woods can look forward to on the beautiful main shoreline. Well, I guess what I'm looking forward to is having my boat in and, uh, headed out in the evening after work, haul a couple of traps and the water's just like glass. Wow. And you can just cruise down and you just look around and you go, this is absolutely beautiful. I live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Wow. What a great way to wrap up this weekend special show. That is That was beautifully said. Thank you, everyone, for listening to part two here of our Memorial Day special. Boy, that was fun. That was a blast. And, uh, you know, we got to make this an annual tradition, the summer kickoff. I think so. And go around the United States. I mean, I really, we, we didn't get down to the Carolinas or Georgia, which I wanted to do. Uh, we could have stopped Alaska. in. Yeah, Virginia. We could have, at Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. I mean, you know, these are great places. And so I hope we can do it. To be continued. Year. We're going to continue to do this. It's, you know, when we started this thing we wanted to get the whole american shoreline and obviously we can't do that in just even two parts uh but we can we're we're always looking for the story and we're always looking to share that with our listeners so uh hope everyone had as much fun as we did yeah and i it was a blast and i want to tell thank everybody for listening to the american shoreline podcast network and reading coastal news today Listen, y'all, it's important that we have an audience, and it's what we're trying to do uh, by getting sponsors. If your company would be interested in supporting Coastal News Today and ASPN, you've got to give us a call. All the information's on the website. And to all you subscribers out there, it's great to see the numbers grow every single week, and it's been really stunning. And I want to thank everybody uh, for their uh, support over the last, you know, what do we do, nine months? Yeah, we actually started it at the end of summer, Labor Day. That's right. Uh, last summer. So uh, we're kicking it off. So we've got, this is our first summer on ASPN. That's right. And we're going to cover the hell out of it. Uh, we're really looking for, I mean, summertime is beach time. Yep. And uh, because we are, uh, well, f- you know, A, uh, we've got some incredible uh, coverage coming your way on climate change and all the science and uh 
you know, fisheries things that are, mm -hmm. you know, this is news that's continuing to break. We're covering it as it's happening. Uh, but we're also going to uh, cover coastal culture and how it's changing and what's, what's yeah. new and interesting and uh, what are the old classics that are still there that we all love. We're going we're gonna to bring all of that to you. Uh, because the American Shoreline is a really special place, yep. and uh, we're here to document it and share it with uh, our listeners. Yeah, it's a big crowd out there. Thank you, guys. And uh, Tyler, it's been a pleasure doing this show, and uh, look forward to seeing you next week. And uh, happy Memorial Day. 